0: You're listening to an app session from the 2019 ARC Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit archchurches.com. Hey, guys. (laughs) My name is Maddie. Uh, My husband, David, and I, we co-children's pastor at Oasis Church. So super excited to be here. Thanks for sticking around. We're gonna start with a quick game, so everyone stand up. And we're gonna find who is the kids' student leader of the year. So, this is a never have I ever game. So, if you have not done this thing, you sit down, okay? Got it? Got it. Okay, so never have I ever changed a blowout diaper at church. Sit down. It can't be your own kid, too. can't be your own kid, too. Awesome. All right. Never. That took out a good group. Never have I ever been thrown up on at church. Dang. All right. All right. Never have I ever. Never have I ever preached in a room that needed, that would benefit from deodorant. This is impressive. This is very impressive. Never have I ever pastored someone through an inappropriate social media post. Dang. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever been bit by a toddler or preschooler or any form <laughs> of child or adult, maybe, too. At all right, all right. Um, never have I ever found random toys, Legos, something in my car oh, from Kids Ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Oh, I need some other ones. Uh Um, Never have I ever... (laughs) Never have I ever hurt myself on my equipment at church. Running into the monkey bars. Running into the monkey bars. Never have I ever hurt myself running into the monkey bars. I feel like I can't play. We got some okay, well, give it up for these people. Yay! We love you guys. He's taking some hits for the church. So awesome. Awesome. Alright, I'm gonna jump right into a quick story. So I'm gonna tell you a story about a kid who applied to serve on my team. He was in sixth grade. His name is Kai. And he came and he did his interview. He was applying to be a student leader. He did his interview to serve in kids. And I always ask um, them, I ask, who is someone that's impacted your life? And he said, oh, my pastor. And I was like, awesome. So I was like, how's your pastor influenced your life? And he said, well, my pastor, he um, knows Whenever I have a soccer game, and he always asks the next week, hey, how was your soccer game? My pastor my pastor sometimes comes to my soccer games. My pastor um, knows when my birthday is. My pastor knows and prays for me each week. My pastor like, knows my name when I get to church. And I was like, dang, who is this kid's pastor? And so I asked him, I was like, hey, who's your pastor? And I expected him to say Pastor Steve or Pastor Sean or one of our staff kid's pastors. And he said, oh, Pastor Charlie. And it almost slipped out of my mouth. Oh, he's not a pastor; he's a volunteer. And I realized, wait a second, this guy just because he's not, he, just because he hadn't been to seminary, and just because he wasn't paid to be um, to to lead at our church, doesn't mean that God hasn't called this guy to be this kid's pastor. And so. The title of this breakout is Best Practices in Kids and Student Ministries. What motivates me and what I feel like God has um, put me in the local church to do is to equip and empower everyday volunteers to be the real kids pastors and the real student ministries pastors. And so just like Pastor Chris talked about yesterday, Ephesians 4.11 on your handout says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so you and I have been given to our church communities to equip an army of lay children's and student pastors so that the body of Christ may be built up. You and I have been given to our church communities to equip an army of lay children's and student pastors so that the body of Christ may be built up. So I'm going to be covering some of the practices that we have used to build a healthy volunteer team the program structure we use that sets up volunteers to have a great serving experience, and the processes we have implemented to keep kids and volunteers safe. And I want to encourage you because I've seen these, these practices, these, um, these procedures, these different things that I'm talking about, I've seen it work in a church of 25,000, I've seen it work in a church of 2,500, and I've seen it work in a church of 250. And so these are things that are timeless, they're applicable, they're transferable, they work in any size church, any size volunteer team that you have. Um, So speaking of volunteers, who here started out as a volunteer in children's or student ministries? Yay, that's awesome. My husband and I, David, we started out as volunteers. We started out, we actually met together interning in the children's ministry. We have a children's ministry love story. Um, But we met interning in the children's ministry. We started out at Oasis and then we moved, we were called to a different church And we're there for a couple years, and then uh, we came back to Oasis last February. And so a lot of these things that I'm talking about, too, are things that we're actually, like, in the middle of, that we are just implementing, that we're just starting. Um, And so that is where we are now. So quick story about David and I. When we got married... Um, I told him that he could completely plan the honeymoon and surprise me at the airport and so I had no idea where we were going I thought it was a great idea it was a great idea because he did a great job planning our honeymoon we got to the airport and I didn't even know where we were going until we got to the gate and and the, the woman actually scanned our tickets and I realized oh we actually are going to Maui um, and so every time I tell this to women they always say how did you know what to pack. And so I asked a lot of questions. My mom knew where we were going, so I asked her a lot of questions. um, And I was able to figure out, okay, we're going to somewhere tropical. Um, And so I knew what to pack. So moral of the story is, the more questions you ask, the better um, you are able to plan and prepare for the final destination. There's always going to be unknowns, but when we ask smart questions and when we trust the person whose hands we are in, we're able to move forward confidently. And we, as the leaders, need to be able to answer questions and communicate to our volunteers where we are going for them to be able to move forward confidently together. So first thing, a healthy kids and student ministry team requires a clear mission, Clear vision and clear values. A clear mission, a clear vision, and clear values. Jesus, he provided his disciples with a clear vision when he recruited them. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't give them all the details. Actually, he didn't really give them any details. Um, But he gave them just enough for them to be able to hold on to when things got rough. So we have to ask ourselves a couple questions about where our ministry is going to be able to communicate it to our team. We know we might know where we're going, but we have to be able to communicate it to those who are following us. So why even spend time talking about this? First off, a clear mission statement creates unity. The Bible talks about how unity commands a blessing. I've heard our lead pastor at Oasis, Julian, he talks about how gangs, they're able to take over entire cities because they are always hanging out together. They're unified. And so what if we are unified together under something good? We can do something much, much more than God could or that we can ask or imagine. Um, And so Paul writes in the Bible, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one heart and purpose. (coughs) Next up, a clear mission statement provides a clear vision for volunteers to commit to. We're competing with all different kinds of commitments. We're competing with gym commitments. We're comedi- competing with uh, soccer commitments, with uh, baseball team commitments. We're competing with Netflix binge commitments. So everyone is committed to something. What makes your your thing worth committing to? So it needs to be clear. Next up, where there is no vision, the people perish. One of the reasons people perish when there isn't vision is because they're all trying to pull a cart in opposite directions, and it's, it's hard. So if they were all pulling it in one direction, it would be much easier. It says the, pe- that people without vision perish. And so if we say we are caring for and loving on our volunteer team, we have to be clear because we don't want our people to perish. Yeah, yeah. Next, a clear mission statement defines a win for your volunteers, Have you ever had a Sunday where you thought, what just happened? Well, at least no one got hurt, so I guess it was a good day. (laughs) It says, I replied, but my work all seemed so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose at all, yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. It's my job as the leader to to define what a win is for our team so that each volunteer is able to leave Sunday knowing that they hit the target. We define a win by our mission statement and our vision statement. And so I'm not going to go into how we came up with our mission statement because there's a great resource tool that my friend wrote. It is called Children's Ministry on Purpose by my friend Steve Adams. And so it is a great guide into how to create your own mission statement and your vision statement. And then how if he talks about how to how to make sure that that aligns with your lead pastor's mission statement and, and all of that. So look up that book. Children's Ministry on Purpose by Steve Adams. Um, but we use this as a guide in creating our mission statement, and we actually adopted Steve's vision statement. He says you can do that in. In his book. And so if you would like to adopt this mission statement, if you'd like to adopt our vision statement, our credo, if you would like to take anything that I say and make it your own, you feel free to do so. And I put my email on the, the first page as well. If there's anything that you feel like, hey, I'd really love that resource, just email it to or email me, and I will send you that. And you can take off the Oasis logo and put on your own logo. And, <laughs> and if that saves you an hour of time so that you can can minister to a family or a volunteer, then I'm happy with that. So feel free to use whatever. Um, So our Oasis Kids mission statement is, at Oasis Kids, we exist to help children of all ages discover the love of God, connect with his family, grow in faith, serve the church, and share the gospel. At Oasis Kids, we exist to help children of all ages discover the love of God, connect with his family, grow in faith, serve the church, and share the gospel. Now, our vision statement, it's a shortened in action uh, version of our mission statement, and it's we connect kids to God and to others. And so, um, Um, A definition of a win for us is any story of a kid being connected to God and to others. If I ask a volunteer, hey, what was your wins for the day? They automatically know, hey, any story of that is a win for me. So that could be a story of, hey, I, I sat with a preschooler who was crying and they had a good time and their parents were able to sit in service. That was a story of them being connected to, to an another because they're connected to that volunteer. Um, or someone might say, hey, I, I taught a kid how to pray. And that was a story of them connecting that kid to to God. And so any story of a kid being connected to God and to others is a win for us. To support this foundation of why we exist in ministry, we also have to answer for our team, who are we as a team? What we value is is important in getting us to our goal because when values are clear, decisions are easy. So we created a credo that lists our values, what they are in action in a poetic form. And so here is our credo. We are family and team. As family, we treat each other the way we want to be treated. Everyone is worthy of honor, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did. We practice what we preach because we're an example. We model our reliance on Jesus. When we are weak, he is strong. We don't miss a moment because moments matter. We celebrate the good times and pray through the tough times. We prepare our hearts and our hands. We prepare our hearts so that we're not teaching something we don't believe ourselves. We prepare our hands so that we can do our part and carry our fair share. As team, we work hard together. Even if we don't agree, we align our agenda to the heart of Jesus and to the goals of our team. We measure success by the number of stories we tell. We acknowledge the power of testimony and look for every opportunity to share a story about what God is doing. We are committed to making safety and security our top priority for every child under our care. We never let our pursuit of the mission come at the cost of safety and security. Things don't always go according to plan. When they don't, we adapt by looking for help and looking for opportunities to be helpful. Moments matter and so does structure. We value people over processes and processes help us value people. We are family and team. Together, we connect kids to God and others. So last week we had a little surprise party for one of our volunteers before before one of our weeks uh, midweek <coughs> services, and we invited all the volunteers from his serving time, and almost all of them showed up. And one guy he drove a really long way just to be there for that 15 minutes for that one volunteer. And when I thanked him for coming, he said, "Well, we don't miss a moment because moments matter." And I had this moment; I was so proud because I was like, "Yes, they get it." Wow. <laughs> Um, So to launch this new mission statement, vision statement in Credo, we had an event which we um, planned to have annually, and we called it Summit, and we threw dinner for all volunteers, and we launched this new vision. Um, we, We spoke of taking personal ownership in discipling kids. And we gave out awards to people who were already modeling the values that we listed in our credo. And for the next three months in our before-service huddles, we spoke of one of the values and we dove a little deeper into them. A clear mission statement lets, lets volunteers know where they're headed as a team. A clear vision statement knows them what the destin, uh, lets them know what the destination looks like. And clear values helps them make the right decisions to get to the final destination. So who here would be able to say, I never need any more volunteers? Uh-huh. No one ever says that. So developing a healthy kids and student ministries volunteer team requires building your team through a healthy enlistment strategy. And so first off is kind of an obvious one, but sometimes I forget to is to pray. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. I was um I was trying to do my quiet time a couple of weeks ago, and I kept on thinking. I was I was doing my quiet time devotional and I kept on thinking about um, the kindergartners, because the kindergartners just in our at our church just moved into the elementary age group. And they have been, they've been having meltdowns. They've been, I, I've been watching little Ray just completely lose it in service because it's so overwhelming. And I was thinking about that in my quiet time and I was starting to cry in my quiet time thinking about, Jesus, we need a place for the kindergartners. And I felt the Lord say, well, why don't you list everything that you need? And so I wrote down, I was thinking through and wrote down everything that I thought we needed for that kindergarten classroom. And so I wrote down, we need someone to lead that kindergarten classroom. Someone who feels called to kindergartners, who feels passionate about that. And so I wrote that down. So I was having lunch with a volunteer that afternoon. And so we sit down and we're talking and she says, Oh, I'm really glad we're having lunch today because I really feel passionate about kindergartners and having them have another a separate classroom of their very own. And I was just like oh. Jesus, you love kindergartners. Um, but there's something about praying specifically yeah. for those those specific volunteers that we need and praying specifically even saying, hey, Lord, there's someone really enthusiastic in this classroom right now. I need someone who's more of a details person yeah. to be in that classroom. So let's do that right now. So we're going to pray and be thinking, okay, be thinking, what is your... What is one one area where you need a volunteer, a person to be in that area, and think through? Okay, what would that person look like? Would it be a details person? Would it be a fun person? Would it be a um, a really warm person? Would it be a really energetic? energetic why can I say energetic person? So let's pray for that. Jesus, you know each of these needs before we even say a word. But we come before you because you say to, and we ask you, Lord. Lord, each person here I know has a need for for someone very specific. And I pray that you would call those people, that you would um, give their hearts courage so that they might respond with a yes. I pray that you would make each person in here bold in asking and reaching out for, for them. And Lord, would you send those people in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, next up we have Reframe Your Thinking. I have had so many times when I've gone up and almost apologized and asked someone to serve in the same sentence. It's like that, oh, like, if you don't have anything else going on, could you serve? Or, like, um, if you haven't committed already to too many other things, could you serve? I feel like I'm bothering the person. But we need to reframe our thinking. God has given every believer gifts, and he commands them to use the gifts to serve each other. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. I have to reframe my thinking to see that I get to help people discover those gifts. And I get to see them get the blessings that come when they use those gifts. I get to see people experience joy when they impact a child's life. We have one volunteer, his name is Lorden, and he recently shared in Huddle that his only regret is not serving in children's ministry sooner. And when you look at Lorden, he leads the, the kindergarten huddle. When you look at him leading that kindergarten huddle and the kindergartners are laughing and they're engaged and he's telling them about Jesus, when I look at him, I think, God, that is exactly what Lorden was put here on this earth to do. That is exactly why he is at this church, is to lead those kindergartners to Jesus. Next up is don't say no for people. If we don't ask people because we're afraid to, we're saying no for them. So don't say no for them. Next up, don't assume people are too busy. I served at one church where the children's pastor's wife, she attended for a couple years before she started to serve. And another woman on staff, she was the one who went up to her and said, hey, would you like to join the four year olds team? And then she said, of course. And she came and started serving. And I thought, OK, if the children's pastor's wife has to be asked to serve, then who else out there is just waiting for someone to come up and ask them to serve? Next up is be intentional about recruiting men. Amen. 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 A healthy team needs a balance of men and women to effectively lead kids towards spiritual health. There's one little boy who who leaves church every week talking about his favorite teacher, Mr. Wayne. His mom says that he talks about Wayne all week long and looks forward to seeing him. This little boy doesn't have a dad and Wayne is probably the most consistent figure in this little boy's life. So be actively looking at your recruitment material, your flyers, your signage, and ask yourself, okay, does this, does this is this appealing to men? If your church has some kind of serving opportunities fair, make sure that, if possible, that you have men there um, um, asking people to serve. We need a balanced team of both men and women to effectively reach Kids for Christ. Enlist student leaders. Junior high and high schoolers have been some of my greatest volunteers. We underestimate that they go to school all day and so they are professional learners and so they will do whatever you ask they are some of the most willing some of the most humble and to be honest they are the most influential people in the classroom and so I cannot imagine doing ministry without some of our student ministry volunteers they're not just bodies in the classroom but they're really the ones who keep kids coming back There's a three-year-old boy whose mom did not want to bring him to church because he, he, um, it just wasn't, wasn't a good experience. So grandma, she finally got him to come and we had, we had two adults in the classroom, but they had to, they had the duties of like teaching the lesson and signing everyone in and taking kids to the bathroom. And so there was a girl named Lauren who was in high school. And so it was perfect because she could shadow him while, while the adults were like running the service. And so the little boy had a great time and I got a letter from The grandma saying that because of Lauren, Lauren, they were going to keep coming back to church and that Lauren had changed their their church experience. So student leaders are the secret to having a great student uh, children's ministry. Uh, Don't lead with the need. It's so easy to say, hey, we really need someone to serve at this time. Could you come do it? I've done that before, and it's true, and it's urgent, but it's not going to keep people serving for the long haul. No one wants to jump on a sinking ship. And so if you say, we really need people, people don't want to join. Um, Get to know the people that you're recruiting face-to-face and help them discover where they can use their gifts and talents to make an impact. Yes, we all need bodies in the classrooms. It's true, but we just don't don't need to lead our ask with that. Then empower your current volunteers to be the recruiters. My husband created a campaign one year called Each One Reach One where the goal is to double our team by having every person currently serving invite at least one new person. Commission specific volunteers to be talent scouts and give them the task of being on the lookout for potential volunteers. So, quick game. Give me a break. We play a game called uh, Bring Me Something at Church. And so... We have the kids, we say, "Okay, bring me this item." And so how it works is I say, "Bring me a driver's license." And a kid finds a driver's license and then runs up and gives it to me. So, first person to bring me something in your your purse or bag or backpack that is an item from your your kids ministry, student ministry that you have needed for it, used in it. Whatever it might be, gets a Chick Fil A gift card. Yes. Oh, you get Chick Fil A. Yay! Oh, oh, that's a good one. the The timer. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Thank you so much. That's a good one. Good job. Good job, guys. All right. Developing a healthy kids and student ministry volunteer team requires you to equip. and build your team through a detailed, personal, and encouraging onboarding process. A detailed, personal, and encouraging onboarding process. What this does is it creates safety for both your children and your volunteers. We don't want to just keep the kids safe. We want to keep the volunteers safe as well. It provides a place for members of your church to be seen and known. It helps members of your church discover their gifts and where those gifts can be used. It sets new volunteers up to win. It gives you an opportunity to communicate, communicate clear expectations. And it connects volunteers with a volunteer community. So first off at Oasis Kids, we have the application where we have our volunteers. They're directed, um, anyone who expresses interest is directed to fill out an online application. And once we receive that, we make sure to follow up on all their background or all their reference checks. We um, and then we do a background check. And so if you don't do background checks yet or live scans, (coughs) that is a non-negotiable There's too much at risk to miss this step. And like I said, you're not only protecting the kids, but you're protecting the volunteers as well. And so you never want to place someone in a position that might be unsafe for them to to fill um if you don't have one you can contact your church insurance uh and they'll help you help you come up with the right one that is for you um there's there's mobile live scan trucks that come who can who can fingerprint all your volunteers so there's lots of different options um for that um if you use a background check service that is it's recommended that you rerun all your volunteers every two years um live scan is is ideal because you get notifications of any arrests that come up in the future let's see what if it's not if you're doing this application if you get their application and um you realize hey hey this is um it's not a good time for this person to serve it's okay to tell them hey hey um I want you to finish these next steps, I want you to go to celebrate recovery, or I want you to join a grow group, it's okay to say, hey, not yet. Next, after we receive that application, we send people to an orientation class, and that's where potential volunteers are introduced to our ministry and learn our mission, vision, and values. They also learn the expectations, the opportunities, the policies, and the next steps. So if you want a copy of our orientation manual, you can just email me and I will send you that as well. Um, the Next up is the interview. This is the most important part to me because this is when we really take time to hear that person's story. We take a long time. These usually go like an hour to an hour and a half for me. And I, I want to I hear the person's story. I want to hear where God is moving in their life. Um, I want to hear any dreams that they might have, any struggles that they might have. Um, I want to ask them questions to just help discover where's the best place for them to serve. Um, and I want to help discern where God might be calling them to serve. Um, so, another story about that kid named Kai who applied to serve with me. Um, he told me in his interview that he was called to serve in kindergarten. He knew, this sixth grader knew, I am called to serve in kindergarten. And so at the service time he wanted to serve at, we actually had a wait list for student leaders going. Um, And so I had to tell him, I'm so sorry, but we we don't have a spot open in that service. And so he said, okay, I'll wait, put me on the wait list. So three months go by and i i call his mom because someone drops out and there's an opening and she starts crying on the phone and she tells me that the night before she went up to kai and she said hey kai why don't you serve in first grade or second grade and he said no mom i'm called to serve in kindergarten Aww. and so they prayed They prayed that (laughs) night that a spot would open up, and she said, you won't believe it. We prayed, and then you called the next day and tell him that a spot opened up. And so God specifically calls people to serve with different age groups. I believe it. Um, And um, it might be a quick-term solution for you (laughs) to put someone in a classroom where there's a need um but it's not a long-term fix if they don't feel if that's not where God has shaped them to be, if that's not where God has gifted them to be. So, take the time to discover what their gifts are and what what God might be calling where God might be calling them. Lastly in these interviews, we make sure that this person has a personal relationship with Jesus. I've actually led people to Christ in these interviews. Um um, so I want to know, hey, hey, um, when did you become a Christian? Where were you when you became a Christian? Um, this is also a great opportunity for for um, to to really just be able to talk about, hey, hey, coming to church doesn't get you into heaven. Um, doing really good things doesn't get you into heaven, and it's a great <laughs> opportunity to clar- clarify those things because these are the people that are leading kids to Christ, yeah. and we want them to to know what they're saying. Um, and so I'm also going to always ask everyone in these interviews, hey, if someone were to come up and ask you how to get into heaven, if someone were to come up and ask you if they could if you could explain salvation, what would you say? And so in that that's not a question everyone gets asked all the time. So sometimes I have to kind of guide people in their answer, but I'm looking for the words Jesus and cross. And if I get those words, then, then I'm okay. And so sometimes I'll ask them, hey, does coming to church get you into heaven? And they say no. And I'm like, awesome. Okay, great. Does doing good things get you into heaven? No. Awesome. Okay. And so I'll do it like that if they're having a hard time kind of vocalizing how that is. Um, is. Let's see. During our interview, I explained to each volunteer that Oasis Kids is a relational ministry, and that keeps kids coming back, not because of our great program that we have, but because of the relationships that they make with our amazing volunteers. And so I explained that because of this, we ask for a three-month serving commitment, where they commit to serving for three months at the same service time every week in the same classroom. Um, um, And then... Then um, I explained to them, hey, at the end of those three months, we're going to meet again. We're going to have another connect and we're going to talk about um, if this is something that that you love doing. And then we'll talk about the future. Um um, and I know that at different churches, if you only have one service time, then then you can't ask someone to serve every single week. Um, and and right now, we don't have everyone serving every week. That's something that we're we're slowly guiding people towards, but I really believe that that every week is what keeps kids coming back because they see their faces and they know, oh, when Miss Katie's there, I can I feel safe because I know Miss Katie. Um, At that time, once they um, complete our interview, uh, we give them a blue serving T-shirt to wear. And that's the T-shirt that all our teams at church wear. And, And they are a teacher's assistant is what we call them. And so then the next is the congrats you are in. After the interview and background check screen, we give them a call to say that they are on the team. We make them a name badge and we give them their blue serving t-shirt. And we're very clear about when their start date is, who they're going to meet when they get there and what time they're to arrive. So next up is their first day. Um, I'm going to let anyone who's training them know to be on the lookout for them so that I'm not the only person to greet them when they arrive. I introduce them at Huddle and we pray for them together as a team. Um, We give out a training checklist to their, their trainer and I try to match them up with a veteran leader who is a culture carrier someone who's the shepherd who's warm who's kind we have we have two volunteers on our team they're married their names are cr and jerica and whenever someone trains with cr and jerica they stay and so i try to put people with with people who are those culture carriers the week after we follow up with the new leader um, and we just see how it went And then we also ask those who are training them to follow up as well and say, hey, get their phone number. Um, And we have an acrostic that is care. And so C, we ask that trainer to connect with the new leader during the week and ask them um, what they can be praying for. We always keep women with women and guys with guys for safety. Um, But then A is ask them what you can pray for them for during the week and then pray R, we ask our trainers to relay any stories and info about the new leader to staff so that we can celebrate them, tell them they did a great job, follow up with any questions. And then E, we educate and empower the new leader. We ask our trainers to take time to explain what you are doing and then the next week give them the opportunity to copy what you just did and provide them with affirmation and helpful feedback afterwards. Lastly, that week after... We assign them a prayer partner from our team, and we send them a quick video explaining what that means. So we just started doing this where everyone's matched up with the prayer partner um, to to follow up with each other during the week, to, to um, be praying for each other during the week. This is something that my husband David and I are really trying to um, teach our team how to do is that we're not the sole People to care for them because we can't care for everyone. And we're also trying to teach people hey, if you need help, ask for it. Um, We want, I would love to be able to have a word from God or to know when someone on my team needs help, needs care. Um, But when, When uh, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was sweating blood and he had to ask the disciples multiple times to pray for him. And so if Jesus and you would think, oh, he's sweating blood, he probably needs help. But they didn't know that he had to ask. And so if Jesus had to ask someone to pray for him, then how much more do we need to ask people and tell them, hey, I need help? Um, So we teach our leaders, hey, be looking for a mentor. Ask someone to mentor you. Ask someone to pray for you. And that goes for us as well. Sometimes I think we can get we can get uh, frustrated and think, "Oh, oh, no one knows what my need as a children's ministry leader or student ministry leader." People don't know what they don't know, so we have to ask for help and do that as well. Um. Lastly, we permanently assign the new leader to a classroom. Like I said, we're a relational ministry. It's relationships that impact kids' lives and keep them coming back. And so I've asked volunteers who have served in kids' ministry for over, like, 15 15 years, hey, what keeps you coming back? And they always say, hey, it's not the kids. It's the volunteers I serve with because that's That's my team. That's my ride-or-die people, and I'm going to show up for them each week. And so we try to keep them with the same team. Um... um. I had a volunteer who he starts serving in kids and <coughs> serving every week was new for him. And he agreed to do every week cause that was the ask, but he really didn't get why he had to be there every week until he couldn't be there one week. And so he asked a guy from a different service, Hey, could you trade services with me and I'll do yours and you do mine. And that guy said, Hey, I'll do your 4 PM, but you can't do my 6 PM cause those are my kids. <laughs> and so then he said he got it that that was ownership over that group of kids. It can be challenging to keep volunteers in the same classroom week after week. I know that there's last-minute call-outs. You probably had some call-outs today of people. Um, You'll have some call-outs on Sunday, but we do our best to keep kids or to keep leaders in those same classrooms. Um, next, we have a three-month checkup. So I talked about how we schedule a three-month checkup interview with each volunteer where we may meet face-to-face. We ask them how they're doing spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Um, we want to know what they're enjoying and serving, what they're struggling with, any suggestions they might have. And then we go over, we take our credo that we read um, before, and we go over those different values. And we talk about, hey, this is exactly what what we're expecting, we're looking for when we say, when we say we practice what we preach. This is what we're talking about, that you are committing to live in, living your life out to do, that you are an example to children. And so you're saying, hey, this is how I'm going to live my life. And then we have them sign that credo. Um, um, we don't want them signing a page of of things that's like, like, hey, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna live with my girlfriend. I want them signing something that that they can put up on their fridge and be proud to put up. So we have them sign the credo um, of those things. Um, and so then after they sign that, after they commit to continuing on our team. We give them their official Oasis Kids yellow T-shirt, and this has become like a bigger thing than I even thought. They have like a hashtag going, like that yellow shirt glow, and they get super excited to get their yellow shirt. Um, and then we we give that to them in huddle. We have the whole team circle around them, lay hands on them, and we commission them as a as a minister of children. Um, um. I'm mixing up my pages here. Um, Let's see. Next, developing a healthy kids and student ministry volunteer team requires you to equip and empower your team through ongoing prep tools and skill development. It's our job to give our volunteers the tools that they need to succeed in their ministry role. First off, we provide clear role descriptions Then we provide off-site prep tools. I believe, well, I don't want to judge Martha, but but I kind of feel like if Martha would have put the pre in prepare, that she could have been sitting at Jesus' feet when he was there. And so... We want to teach our volunteers, hey, put the pre and prepare. Take time that week to learn the lesson. There's so many things that that we don't expect to happen. There's so many surprises on Sundays. Don't have what you're teaching be one of those surprises. <laughs> Come knowing what you are going to teach. And so I do whatever it takes. I send out an email. I send out a video. I send out a video of myself doing the whole huddle guide. We prep them through all different ways. And I also want don't want someone coming to the into a classroom and teaching something they don't believe themselves. I never want to go into the classroom if I'm really mad at my husband and teach on forgiveness. If I'm not doing that myself. Even if I'm teaching a room of toddlers. And so I send out a weekly leader devotional so that they can be saying, okay, God... What are you speaking to my heart? And it's so encouraging to hear different volunteers say, hey, because, um, because I'm teaching kids every week, I'm actually growing in my faith because I'm asking God, hey God, what are you speaking to me? And I'm being held accountable to go in and teach the kids something that I believe myself. Uh, next time... Uh, develop their skills the bible says that david led with a pure heart and skillful hands and so we want to prep our volunteers to serve with skillful hands and so what we've been doing we've been sending out three minute quick training videos where we just use an iphone and we send that out during the week so that they can prep at home before service um use curriculum that makes teaching easy Curriculum isn't the be-all, end-all. It's a tool that helps your volunteers to connect kids to God and others. And so when choosing a curriculum, I ask, hey, is this helping my volunteers win each week? We use a curriculum that I love, and it's both videos and live teaching, and that has really taken some of the pressure off them to be keeping the kids' attention the whole time. They can go back and forth between video, live teaching, video, live teaching, We also have teaching tools all set for when they get there. And so Katie made this amazing um, box for preschool where they pull out different surprise items out of the little mystery boxes. And they have a script on the back of there that they read. And that's all set up for them when they go into the room. And then in elementary, we have huddle buckets that are all set with all their different materials that they need for the object lesson. Um... And so have those tools ready for them to teach. Uh, Next, we do a pre-service huddle. So we huddle the whole team before each service. We pray, we share any safety announcements or tips for the day, and we encourage and we celebrate people. And then lastly, a healthy volunteer team requires care and community. Our volunteers, they might not be getting the the responses that keep them going. Like in preschool, a a preschooler isn't going to come up to a volunteer and say, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to learn this lesson and preparing your heart and your hands to teach me. Um, um, So we have to be diligent about caring for them and, and thanking them. Theodore Roosevelt said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. There's a lot going on on Sundays and so these are just a couple practical things that I do that have helped me care for people. Um, first off is just simple connects with them during the week. I have to remind myself that, hey, um, it's okay on Sundays to say, hey, I'd love to hear more about this. Can I follow up with you during the week? I never want to have a pastoral conversation with a volunteer while they're trying to care for a child. Um and so I'll follow up with them during the week. Next, we do monthly prayer cards. We have the team fill those out and staff prays for them during the week. And we make sure to um, call or, or text them um, during the week. And um, I've been doing something that the pastoral team taught me is that I'll just record myself on that text record thing saying a prayer for someone and I'll send them that. And it's just an extra little personal that they can actually hear my voice um, on that text. Uh, Next, we talked about prayer partners. We set people up with prayer partners. Um, Then we have team hangouts. So we've been doing once a month team community hangouts where we don't train. We don't do anything except for hang out with our team. Um, I was reading about a recent Harvard Harvard study that shows how... it shows research on how exhaustion is being linked to loneliness and when people say that they're burnt out they don't aren't actually burnt out they're actually lonely yeah. because loneliness manifests yeah. itself in exhaustion and so so our volunteers need community it might not happen over a game night right away but it's a step and so be yeah. providing that that community for them uh, we do birthday texts, and then we celebrate. We have volunteers of the month, and, and we celebrate them and and um, call different people out and try to use our values for, for saying, hey, this person practices what they preach or different values that happen. Um, so everyone pull out your phone right now, and Jesus, help everyone to think of one volunteer on their team who right now needs encouragement Holy Spirit, put that person in their mind. Amen. So text someone on your team that you can think of who and just say, thank you so much for serving. I love how you da 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 whatever you think would be encouraging to them. last thing and then we have a couple moments for if anyone has any questions um but someone once told me hey hey boiling water water at two 211 degrees isn't boiling but it only takes one degree to get it to start to boil and so I always get overwhelmed at these conferences um um, and and leave thinking hey or having all these things that I want to do but realize they hey I haven't done any of them and so I have um a last part for you at the bottom to write down maybe one thing from this that you think okay i'm gonna try to do that one thing and have that be your one degree that gets you boiling Mm -hmm. any questions yeah um i just wanted to know that you said you do a summit for your kids team is that is that just your kids team or is that your whole church doing the summit what does that kind of look like yeah that's just our kids team that we do that for okay. and yeah is that like the launching like recruiting or is it just like a thank you it's um it's not a launching it's for uh existing team members okay. and it's to cast the vision for that year yeah and so we'll pick a theme, like this last year's theme was My House, Our Home. And so everything this year is revolving around that My House, Our Home theme. And so then next year we'll we'll have a different theme and, and we'll have a logo for it and, and put everything around that theme. Yeah? The weekly leader devotional, is it on a rotation or do you send it out? Or like Is it from you everywhere or how does that work? Um, it's from, it's from me. Oh, like, do I write it every week? Yeah. The ones that I use right now are part of our curriculum package. They include that. Oh. Um, but if I wasn't using, like, this curriculum, I'd probably just look for a devotion that, ha- or write my own devotion that has, that's around that topic, <laughs> whatever they're teaching the kids. So, yeah. Is that your question? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. So, I love the idea that training face-to-face and having that connectivity with volunteer-to-volunteer, especially the seasoned volunteer-to-the-new yeah. person not knowing anything about film history. Do you think it's a wise decision to create contact, like uh, YouTube videos, uh, in, to to help with training in the sense of, let's say, you're training me, and you say, hey, Ryan, I'm gonna send you some information about everything from being a monitor or security to lead teacher to check-in to nursery. Yeah. Do you think that type of content would work in trying to streamline that to make it more effective, or do you think that's kind of just not necessarily? I mean, just you rather have face to face? Gotcha. We do. We try to do both the face to face and the the videos. Um, we're starting the videos out right now, so you can email me in a couple months and see how that's going. Um, so I to start, but I that really yeah. We were talking the iPhone video, I was like, wow, oh, I think that same thing I want to go yeah to volunteer yeah basis. What I'm to do, so. right yeah. now it's it's and I also they serve every week so I don't want to ask them to to come to all these trainings um, that's why we're trying the videos so that they can do it at home and what we're doing that's kind of fun too is we'll throw like a secret in the videos of like hey if you watch this video wear your shirt backwards this week and then everyone comes wearing <laughs> like their shirt backwards <laughs> so cool. and and it's kind of like a funny thing that goes on. So, that's something to, that we're doing that gets people to watch. Yeah, if they don't have their shirt on backwards it's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then next week they watch it. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. What are your favorite curriculums, or do you guys create your own? We're using right now Saddleback Church's curriculum, which is available online. Um I really love their curriculum just because it's that video and and live teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do small groups, like, as a part of your service? Uh, yes, we do on Sundays. Yeah, we break out. We have the, right now in elementary, we have the um, live teaching portion where they gather in a big room together, and then they go break out into age group huddles. How do you have them split up in age group? Yeah, we have, um, um, right now the primarily it's because of the number of rooms that we have um but we have the kindergarten room we have first second we have third fourth and then fifth sixth and then um first through sixth comes and does the live teaching together which is an ideal we're trying to move towards splitting that up um and then in the youngers right now it is um nursery so birth through 18 months and then we have toddlers um and then we have preschool and then uh we have junior high services um so uh 7th and 8th and then um on uh, fridays is our our youth high school service well thank you guys so right, much for coming for Lewis. we hope you enjoyed this session from the art conference Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.